Hello and welcome to Foundation Stones from Refuge City Church. Having a solid foundation for our walk with Jesus Christ is vital for every Christian, especially in the times we live in. Through God's word, candid conversations, and everyday application, the aim is to help you build your foundation so you can stand strong for God every day. Buckle in and prepare your heart. Pray this, God, ready my heart for your truth that I might be more like you. We hope today's episode empowers you to grow in your walk with Jesus. Let's dive in. So we start another brand new year. Happy New Year, my friends. Welcome to 2024. Welcome to Foundation Stones. I'm Jim Weaver, your host. Today, I want to break apart a scripture that has truly ignited my heart. It's something that has encouraged me and also given me some direction for the new year. I don't know if you're anything like me, but... Between Christmas and New Year, many times I start thinking about what does this next year have in store and what can I learn from last year that will cause this new year to be even more impactful in the future. Sometimes it means evaluating things that I regret that I need to change, and sometimes it means dreaming and having vision for something I've not quite yet seen. And so today is kind of a culmination of some of those thoughts for me. I feel like the Holy Spirit led me to a verse that has really been igniting my hopes, my direction for this new year, and I hope that it does the same thing for you. So once again, let me say to you, my friends, Happy New Year. I'm glad to be here with you on Foundation Stones for another fresh, brand new year, a fresh, brand new teaching. I'm believing that the best is yet to come. In fact, I'm optimistic about the coming year. I'm optimistic about the kingdom of God expanding and having greater and greater opportunities to shine the light of Christ in our generation. Because all around me, I don't know about you, but I'm meeting people with a great passion to reach other people for Jesus Christ and to be about God's business. I'm meeting passionate Christians from every denomination, whether they're charismatic or conservative. I'm seeing the body of Jesus Christ decide to work together in spite of our minor differences in theology and even in spite of our past hurts or distrust because of divisions. It's fantastic to see so many people pulling together to see the Great Commission fulfilled because truly it's our turn. We're the ones in the ring today. And I'm optimistic, I'm encouraged about advancement because I believe that God has given us a charge to advance his kingdom through his gospel as the world around us gets ever darker. Often in my life, following Jesus, I've thought, you know, we need Paul or James or Peter today. Why did God reserve them for the early church when the challenges for the church today are so intense? But really, at the core of this lament is my own personal insecurity toward my own effectiveness. Do I have what it takes to fill their shoes? Because they're not here anymore. I'm here. You're here. Think about it like this. In a relay race, there comes a point when the baton has to be passed to the next runner. And my friend, that next runner is you. That next runner is me. And so my question for myself, my question for you today is, how are we carrying that baton? Are we standing up underneath the mandate that God has given us with dignity, with honor, under the inspiration and power of the Holy Spirit? Or are we dropping the baton or running slow? I look around sometimes and my concern level for the church at large also rises. It sounds alarm bells in my heart. I I look at my own life sometimes and I wonder where are the powerhouses that I read about in the Bible? Where's the power in my own life? Where are those men and women of God that are more concerned about the lost and dying than about their own comforts or their own affluence or preserving their own particular brand of Christianity? Where can the church be found where 
Lives are delivered. Hope is released. Men and women are discipled and then multiplied into the darkness to advance God's light. Because you see, even as I'm optimistic about where many in the body of Christ are, I'm also concerned that others in the body of Christ are letting others carry the weight while they sit in the stands and criticize them. But in the midst of my personal lament, my personal concern about the state of the church, even while I'm optimistic, I also sense the stirring of the Holy Spirit in my heart. I feel like he whispers to me from time to time, Jim, it's your turn. Run well. I'm with you. It's your turn to carry the baton. I didn't make a mistake. So listen, 2024 has the potential to be a number of things. First of all, of course, it's a United States election year, so political controversy will likely hit fever pitch. What's happening in Israel will likely intensify, and the players on the world stage waging war will likely increase. Ukraine and Russia will remain on the forefront. Other nations are likely going to raise their war machines. Obviously, wars and rumors of wars abound, just like Jesus said they would when he told us what would happen in the end days in Matthew chapter 24. The economy will likely continue to struggle. As Congress continues to shadow box trying to slow down inflation, the Middle East conflicts continue to cause fuel prices to fluctuate, and the average consumer tries to figure out how to live most of the time by using extreme debt loads to try and offset consumer fears, times could be hard financially this year for many of us. Mental illness continues to soar and homelessness abounds. Drug use and the fentanyl epidemic continues to surge. Broken families and marriages abound. Abortions are commonplace and the anti-biblical sexual identity agendas continue to play center stage. And many in the church continue to argue and bicker over debatable matters. Denominational differences. Whether we should be charismatic or conservative. Whether women should speak from a pulpit or not. How involved we should be in politics whether or not divine healing still exists like it did when Jesus walked this earth, whether supernatural things can still occur, whether or not apostles are still present in this day or not, trying to feel out what our role should be in the writhing and suffering world that we live in. 2024 could be that. And in the middle of all the chaos, Jesus made very clear what we should be doing. Let me give you just two passages of scripture. Matthew 24:14. Jesus said, and this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. You see, the greatest sign of the end of days will be the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Not the wars, the earthquakes, and pestilences. Sure, those will be signs, but the greatest sign is that the gospel of the kingdom, the good news of Jesus Christ, will be boldly proclaimed in this dark world that we live in. And so my question to you, will you be part of that advancement or will you be stuck in the controversy of the day, completely distracted from your mission given directly from Jesus himself? Matthew 28, verse 28, it says, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So friends, either 2024 will be another year full of terrible controversy and strife in the world, which it, of course, has the full potential to be, and of course, the possibility of controversy in the church, or, listen, for us, 
it becomes the greatest year yet of being on mission for Jesus that we have ever seen. What would happen if in you, this year was full of the passionate pursuit of Jesus in a beautiful relationship and the sharing of God's kingdom through your life like you've never experienced before? What if your life wasn't marked by fear and worry about what's happening in the world? What if people noticed that your conversations don't settle on political arguments? What if your family noticed a peace that passes understanding in you that's rooted in the assurance that you're nestled in God's love and power and you have a greater authority in God's kingdom message than you've ever had before? What if those around you noticed that when worldly things came up in conversation, you remained silent, but when you had the opportunity to make much of God, his glory, and the powerful uncertainty unstoppable gospel of Jesus Christ you spoke boldly and joyfully? What if your life was marked with helping the poor, speaking the name of Jesus to the tormented, and creating safe places for the overlooked? What if you weren't known for your political viewpoints, your religious vendettas, or your fear, but you were more known for the power and the love of God that glowed from your life? That's the kind of 2024 I believe is possible for you and I as disciples of Jesus Christ. And I firmly believe that our individual attention to how we carry and release the good news absolutely produces eternal fruit far greater than hovering on the worldly side of things. And so to the verse I told you has really encouraged and challenged me. Take a look at something that the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 15, 58, and I believe that this is the verse that God has dropped into my heart for my own life personally for the year 2024. 1 Corinthians 15, 58 says this, Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Oh man, that is powerful. Beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Let's break this verse apart for a few moments. The first thing that I notice in this verse that I want to highlight today is what Paul told them. First of all, he said they were his brothers. These are his compatriots. These are his fellow workers in the kingdom. And he tells them, be steadfast, be steadfast. Steadfast is the Greek word hedraios, and it means firm, immovable, or fixed in purpose. Be steadfast. Be single-minded. I've noticed in my life and in those around me that our time of endless visual and auditory stimulation, it's caused us to have a very short attention span. We've barely scratched the surface of something before we're off on another tangent about something else. As horrendous as it is to say, people bore of the gospel. People will sometimes complain about hearing the gospel in a church service because they've heard it before. Can't we hear something new? But they forget that someone is possibly in the room that has never heard it before. We think if we've heard it once, we've heard it enough. But if that was true, listen, we'd be able to articulate the gospel daily to people because it would be so well ingrained in us that we could articulate it at the drop of a hat. But unfortunately, that's not the case. However, there are many other things we are experts in. I know many that are aggressive experts in their political party, but do not or cannot share the gospel with someone. Let me make a bold statement. If your concern for the state of our nation is more important to you than the state of someone's soul, something is out of balance. Jesus is not a Republican or a Democrat. He is God. 
And while we do need to weigh our politics through the lens of the Bible, we must make very certain our politics don't outweigh our attention to the gospel. And if it is, we are off mission. Remember, the gospel of the kingdom will be preached and then the end will come. Are you steadfast? Are you fixed in purpose, as the Greek translation for this word means? Maybe on this first day of the year of 2024, it would be prudent for you and I to spend some time with Jesus and ask him to reestablish our purpose and then fix our feet into it like cement so that we don't get off his path as this year progresses. So Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 15, 58 to be steadfast. Then he uses another word that's very similar, the word immovable. He says, be immovable. So we're supposed to be steadfast and immovable. Isn't that the same thing as steadfast? Why does Paul emphasize another word that's so similar to the first? First of all, you have to understand that repetition in God's word is powerful and it drives the point home. But there is actually something additional about this word in the original Greek that we should take to heart. Immovable is the Greek word amatakanitos. And it means not to be moved from its place, firmly persistent. Let me say that again, not to be moved from its place, firmly persistent. Persistent, defined from the Oxford Dictionary, is continuing firmly or obstinately in a course of action in spite of difficulty or opposition. I read that and it reminded me of Psalm chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. Listen to what the psalmist says. He says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither in all that he does. He prospers. I think also of Paul the Apostle in the book of Philippians when he is declaring that he has learned how to persist no matter what the opposition, whether he's doing well or whether he is being resisted, whether he has got all the resources and affluence that he could possibly need or whether he is in tremendous need. Listen to what he says, Philippians 4.12. It says, I know how to be brought low and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. You see, persistence means you and I will stay on mission no matter what we face. I have been saved by God's grace through Jesus Christ, and now my mission is to reach everyone else that I possibly can with that good news, no matter how bleak the world around me gets. I will persist on the good days, and I will persist on the bad days. I will persist when I have plenty of resources, and I will persist when I lack. I will persist when everyone is for me, and I will persist when everyone is against me. I will persist until the day it's time to go home to heaven to be with the Lord. This is the kind of determination that Paul had. And guess what? Paul and all of our amazing forefathers that have served before have now handed us the baton. And the statement is, persist. Is this the passion with which you're carrying out your mandate from Jesus to go into all the world and to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ? So here in 1 Corinthians 15, 58, Paul says, be steadfast, be immovable, and then he says, you need to abound in the work of the Lord. 
always abound in the work of the Lord. The word abound is the Greek word perisuu, and it means to be over and above, to be preeminent, or to excel. It's so easy to do just enough and pacify ourselves by comparing ourselves to the work of someone else. Imagine, however, if Jesus had been average. Imagine what it could have looked like if Jesus would have done just barely enough. What is it that captivates us about Jesus? Really, it was that he was over the top all the time. Think of the healings that he did. Think of the crowds he fed with a little boy's lunch. Think of the suffering and abuse he endured as he took our sins upon his back and hung on a criminal's cross for us. Think of the fact that he gave his whole life for us, every last drop of blood and every last breath in entirety. Think of people like Paul. What if he would have just said, eh, I don't feel like going to Macedonia after all, and just threw in the towel. He could have gone back to the priesthood or tent making, but instead he poured it all out for the gospel. And you and I know Jesus today because of that. Now, I understand you might not be in vocational ministry, but you are a servant of Jesus if you have made him your Lord and Savior. In what ways do you hold back? I know there's some areas in my life that I want to grow in this year that I have withheld. In what areas are you not abounding in the work of the Lord? Paul is telling this Corinthian church, go above and beyond. Excel in spreading the gospel. Be extravagant. Excel. Abound in the work of the Lord. Let me ask you, what if 2024 for you and I was marked with going above and beyond? What if we excelled in such a way that the gospel of the kingdom exploded from our lives every day to everyone around us? What if our reputation became that's a Jesus person and not just that's a bitter person or that's a political person or that's a religious person? Let's abound in the work of the Lord. Go all in. Go all out. This is the year to go all out, to abound in the work of the Lord. And this is powerful to me because Paul's declaration to us should encourage us to the core. He says, be steadfast, be immovable, abound in the work of the Lord. And this is why. Because your labor is not in vain. Vain is the Greek word kinos, and it means empty or resulting in nothing. Sometimes we have such a low estimation of what we contribute that we don't think that it matters. We don't think that what we have contributed has made any difference at all. Maybe all you have done in your mind is simply take care of babies in the nursery. Or maybe all you have done is taken that casserole across the street to your grieving neighbor. Or maybe all you did was give a little bit of your finances to the mission field or to keep the lights on at the church. And you think, well, it doesn't really matter. Let me tell you, your labor is not in vain. Your witness is not in vain. Your integrity and your character in Christ is not in vain. I don't know if you're anything like me, but I I really have a tendency to view my contribution to God's mission as menial and insignificant. The world's so big, the need's so great, and I'm just one man. How could I possibly do enough to contribute to the advancement of God's kingdom? But Paul emphasizes that if you're steadfast, if you're immovable, and if you abound in the work of the Lord, if you do what you know you are called to do, your labor is not in vain. 
You may never take a microphone in a meeting to proclaim Christ. You might not carry a title. You may not be in vocational ministry. You may not speak to great crowds. But did you ever notice that most of Jesus' documented kingdom works were one person at a time? Yes, things happened in large crowds, but things that truly impacted were usually to one individual or a few individuals in moments of interruptions during common everyday activities. That should bring a great relief to us. That means that what happens through you on a Monday afternoon could be more impactful and more important than what I do through a microphone on a Sunday morning. It's not in vain. It's not insignificant. But listen, if we're distracted or we're off mission, we could be missing the most important thing, which is the declaration of the gospel of Jesus Christ. There are people around you that don't yet know him. Certainly, we'll have conversations about other things. Certainly, religious differences will come up. Politics will come into the conversations. Opinions will come around. But what do you want to be known for? As for me, I want to be known as a gospel-centric person. It doesn't matter my title as pastor. It doesn't matter my political party or denomination as long as I have a biblical worldview. In fact, I did a podcast on this. It's podcast number 139. And it is how to make sure that you have a biblical worldview because you will be in some of these conversations. But I want you to know today that there is a priority list of what should come up first, of what should be of most importance in our life. Listen, I don't care first how the economy is doing or how much extra money I have to spend on myself. It matters less about if we agree on how to receive communion or how to baptize somebody or whether or not we should sing hymns or choruses. What matters is my attention to telling the hurting people around me that they are entering a potentially volatile 2024, but there is still hope. And that hope is found in relationship with Jesus Christ. That is what matters. Is that your number one focus? And if it's not, I'd encourage you to go back to our verse today and ask God to reignite your mission, the one that Jesus himself gave us. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. So listen to today's verse again, 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Friends, let's be on mission in 2024. We have a brand new canvas, a brand new year out ahead of us. It's our turn to carry the baton. What I am not saying is that the other things are not important. But what I am saying is there is one thing that is most important, and that is that you and I, as disciples of Christ, are to declare good news to those that are hopeless that need a Savior. And if that remains our top priority, the other things will fall in line in the right place with the right opportunities to share them, to lead people into all truth. If we're trying to lead people into all truth without making sure the gospel is at the top of the list, then we're going to get discouraged with our effectiveness. We're going to be shut off to people who don't want to listen to us anymore. But if we maintain the gospel, the good news, the hope of eternity the fact that Jesus is coming back soon, the fact that people's sins could be forgiven and lives could be transformed and people could be delivered into full wholeness in Christ, then we will see great fruit produced for Jesus. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, 
immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. I love you, friends. Have an amazing 2024. Let's get started on the right foot, keeping the gospel of Jesus Christ at the top of our priority list. Until next week, keep putting those foundation stones down one stone at a time. I'll see you next week. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Join us next time for another deep dive into the foundation stones of our faith in Jesus Christ. For more information about Refuge City Church or to join our giving team to keep the gospel of Jesus Christ moving forward and making resources like this podcast available into the future, visit refugecity.church.